lot of securing, but not a lot. But sat at home on my sofa, sun shining, rugby's on. It's a beautiful day. What's occurring your end? <laughs> Me too, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I think we gotta say we're on Skype first because um, yes, the quality not, might not be great, but yeah, I'm sat um, in my home as well with the TV. Well, I've just turned it off on any distractions. So, but um, yeah. We're in, the same, we're in the same city. We should have just uh, met up, really, shouldn't we? But Hang on, you're in Cardiff? Yeah, I got back last night. What are you in Cardiff for? Got a Worlds, mate. Got my yeah, flight. In, oh, in, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, in that case, we are lazy. We should have hooked up. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's what it is. Worlds. Worlds. What's the crack? Yeah, then? next week. Big week. Radio well, Rumble, mate? Uh... I guess so. As good as can be, really. Um, I was down to ride the TT as well, but I've pulled out of that now. I um, yeah, speaking to Tim and Bramia. Bramia is the the national coach now, or well, yeah, he is, isn't he? The Irish yeah, national he's coach. In, yeah, and um, obviously Tim Carris is my coach. And yeah, I'm just not at the level that I want to be competitive. You know, like. It's the Worlds at the end of the day. You don't go to the Worlds to try and get top 10. Well, I feel like I I don't really want to do that. You know, you you, you go to the Worlds to try and win or at least be on the podium, you know. And um, since the tour, well, it's just been, I had that break, um, maybe overindulged a bit, but I think it was still, I still had plenty of time to get into some good shape, but I just, it just hasn't happened. Like I've just, I think mentally, as much as physically, or more so probably, um, I've just struggled. And uh, yeah, I'm not at the right, the right level to do the TT, but I'm still going to do the road race, commit to the boys and uh, the plan there. But um, yeah. yeah, that decision was made. But it's kind of like, for me, the last, well, maybe through my, my career, really, but it's certainly the last few years when I've been targeting like GC at the tour it's so hard to just carry on after that after such a big hit and I think uh, especially last year you know winning last year carried the season on I'll say hello to Ollie for me mate (laughs) yeah he's going he's doing well (laughs) just take him out of the room now (laughs) Nan's over to distract him carry on but sorry (laughs) no worries but uh, yeah I was saying like you win the well, I won the tour last year. Carried on racing to the end of Tour Britain, but it was certainly, you know, party mode. It was jovial. Like I still enjoyed racing because you're on a high. Off season was twice as long as as ever before, and you're constantly just doing stuff to do with the tour. But like I say, you're just buzzing off it, and then start training again in November, and fully committed to try and well, try to repeat the win really, but at least just prove it wasn't a fluke and. and try and get back to my best shape and it was fighting, you know, playing catch up a lot of the year, a few knocks along the way, you know, like pulling out of Tirreno with stomach bug, obviously Swiss crashed out of that, came home early from Tenerife and it just was completely different to last year. It was certainly uh, wasn't as, as smooth sailing as last year. And uh, so, yeah, it just took a lot of energy mentally as much as anything. And, um, yeah, obviously the tour itself, and then afterwards, I think it all 
that last sort of 15 months really kind sort of caught of, up with you a bit. Yeah, I think it's just suddenly it's just like wow, that was a uh, that was a big 15 months, and you know when you just pull the pin out and you just yeah. sort of you realise how tired you are really and how sort of stressful it was. I think like from you know obviously like in the, in the build up to the tour, you know we're not me and you aren't on the same program but we're on a similar thing and you know I see a lot of what you do but not all of what you do and I think you know from the outside and the general public they just see a rider turn up at the start of the Tour de France and you know they're in great shape you know they're lean they're ready to go and they're fit but that build up to that and especially for you I guess because you at the Tour de France on that start line you're like a million miles from your natural weight really like you you're probably like one of the bigger GC guys, really, aren't you? So to compete yeah, and be, you know, racing jockeys, you know, you look at Nairo and people like these, you know, they're, you know, they're natural born climbers. You're like the other end of the spectrum where you're probably not a natural born climber, but have to push it to the limit to compete with them guys. You know, it yeah. takes a lot more out of you. That's like, that's, you know, from, from the outside but a bit from the inside that's that's how i see it so yeah that's it's understandable bit, without a doubt it's the i mean it's not yeah. your it's not your natural physique is it and to, to climb them big alpine climbs you know is on the limit for a guy like you and it really like um if you think you know olympic team pursuit and you know a lead out man and then kind of pushing it to the limit to be up there with with jockeys so yeah it's bound to take its toll mate and it is what it is isn't it still uh Still got the road race to look forward to, and that's that's pretty. It's more than I got to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's the uh, what's the crack with you then? Um, yeah, like we spoke about before, seasons seasons over. Um, so I've been for a lot of scans up and down the country, seeing specialists, um, and spoke to a lot of people. And essentially, the the end result and the diagnosis is um, there's quite a lot of information. Um, that being said, there's no refracture or anything like that, but it's just uh, back end of a long season, and um, yeah. it's they've all kind of said the same thing. It's just the case of resting, and by resting we don't mean sit on the sofa and do nothing. Um, they just said, you know, you can live a perfectly normal life, but just cut out the 25 hours on the week, uh, 25 hours on the bike a week no it's not going to be any big issue it's just kind of um six weeks no no bike which is pretty much what i do anyway in the off season so it's just kind of knocked that off season made it made it come a bit earlier which which is fine but it's just a case of you know i miss canada which i don't use any sleep over that but missing the world miss much, <laughs> no I, lo- I looked at the results and i had to i you know it took me a while scrolling through till I found the first um first Ineos rider wasn't the the greatest of week weekends was it but uh it's again it's uh yeah missing the world is, is obviously a shame but it's what it is um I think you know we got to just as athletes you take the approach when you're you're fit and you're healthy you you know your balls to the wall and you give it everything and, and when you're not you learn to deal with that and and look at the positives of of not being fit and healthy in that you know, you're at home with your family. So I think yeah, um, it is what it is. And over time, you learn to, to, to deal with the, the the highs and the lows and, and, and the knockbacks and, and accepting that 
you're not always going to be fit and healthy and sometimes you've got to take a bit of a back step but yeah it's what it is it's only it's only yeah, yeah for me it's only the worlds that that matters and uh that that'll be be hard to watch but yeah be uh yeah saying that about the world so you know um a lot of people are saying it's a once in a not a lifetime but for us uh in a career yeah but saying that we still got glasgow in 2023 so it's not like that's the uk as well for now it is anyway till they have yeah. a referendum or whatever but you know it's still <laughs> yeah you know it, it's not like uh it, well yeah you know you're still gonna race in in, in the uk world in the uk yeah. yeah yeah is what it is and yeah england scotland you know it's not it's not home home wales but it's it's, it's as good as Close so. enough yeah it'll do and with um just talking about like your bones and stuff like we every year we have to have our medicals don't we like with a team of things and we always have the dexter dexter scan yes which basically measures your the density. density yeah and basically all of us are low as bike riders but you're one of the lowest if not the lowest in the team aren't you yeah so with that's that's another thing with you know as as cyclists you just become so you know, rest, rest is best, walk as little as possible, just kind of ride your bike and, and, and hit the sofa. And yeah. Yeah, as a result, you know, as cy- cyclists in general, we're, we're terrible across the board. And from the 28 guys across the team, I think it's actually, is it UCI requirement to do that scan? No, it's not. That's not what I don't think so. No, but yeah. anyway, so we do that one. And of the 28 guys in the team, I was, I was lowest. So my bones are just like brittle. And um, yeah, as as a as that's a, basically because uh, we don't walk around and they don't. Well, just no have impact. That impact. Yeah, yeah, no impact. Like even if, uh, so say our team, we all went out for a five mile run, we'd come back and a few oh, of us man. would have stress fractures and you know stuff like that. So we're just crap athletes apart from cyclists, basically. I speak for yourself, mate. All right, let's see you go for a run, son. <laughs> Get me on that wing. Get me on that wing against Georgia. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. Imagine, right? You running (laughs) down the wing, and one of them running towards you and tackling you. Oh mate, I. It's frightening, isn't it? NFL and just run off the pitch, right? Yeah. Oh man, when and when you see, or when you actually meet one of the rugby boys and you see the size of them, it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a different. Well, it is a different sport, obviously, but it's just a different breed, different animals, aren't they? They're monsters, mate. I got well, I got the rugby on now anyway. France uh, lead in half time against um, Argentina here. We did a yeah. sweepstake actually. I got um, two sweepstakes. One was terrible. I got like Canada and USA, so that's that's a write off. But in the ones with my mates from from school, I got uh, Russia and Wales. So even more incentive to back back my homeboys. You know, I got a fiver <laughs> on the line here. So. Yeah, apparently I heard Russia got now. quite a lot of uh, Russia got quite a lot of Welsh uh, coaches as well. Apparently, are they? Oh, yeah. what about what they got? Go. Um, that was a big shock, wasn't it? What's his name with the gambling? Uh, Howley. Yeah. Is yeah. that you say it? Rob Howley? Rob Howley. Yeah. That, that was, was um, mad, wasn't it? I was thinking about this, and I was like, because I don't want to be uh, a proper armchair fan now, and you know, because we know some of the rugby boys, and like. If we try to start talking rugby now, they're just gonna laugh at like us. Boys, boys, what are you on about? But I'm trying to relate that to cycling, like 
they've obviously lost their attack coach. Um, and if they end up staying in, you know, all, in the World Cup till the till the final, that's like almost two months. So surely, mm. like he's that's going to have a, a big impact in the team. But you know, for for us, like if you're in the tour, I don't know, is it like losing a second DS? Like, cause yeah, or even or your coach? Because you remember when were you in the tour when uh, the the DS got sent home from Movistar? Him and um, who was it? Doesn't uh, ring a bell. The sprinter from Movistar. What's his name? Um, Ro- Rojas. Uh, Rojas, yeah. Those two got kicked off the race. No, that was the year before. That would have been 2014. You got chucked oh, out. Okay. Pacing, wasn't he? Yeah, um, down the Tourmalet. Yeah, because it was Hotelcam. Because we went down the yeah. Tourmalet and then up Hotelcam and uh, yeah, Nibley won. But um, yeah, they yeah, got... trying to think what it would equate to in, in cycling terms. Yeah, so or I guess so, I guess something like, care like a coach getting sent home, like Tim Harrison, yeah. who who kind of, you know, even during the race you're not coaching, but you give, you know he gives some numbers and on the rest day kind of say, do this, do that. So I think it'll definitely, it's definitely going to have some kind of effect on the boys, isn't it? But yeah, I yeah, but I think that would um, be something that would like with us potentially equate like, to you know when you got kicked out. Yeah, like don't want to sound harsh now, but once you've gone and the next day the race starts it's kind of like everyone you have to move on you have to sort of like you can't dwell on you can't no. feel sorry for you and like you can't like um there's just no room for that is there you, you need to try and stay positive and just think of the what you're doing that day and it's almost like that's forgotten about straight away oh exactly they're like they're professional like when i went home when i went home it was exactly the same you know in the tour when i broke my collarbone I'm sat there just watching the TV thinking, oh, the, the tour just keeps going. Like, the show moves on, you know? And uh, I think it'll be the same with them. They're all, you know, professionals. Like you say, they're all quality um, players. They know what they're doing. Obviously, it's not ideal, but I'm sure they'll front up. And I think a big, part of, a big part of sport is, is dealing with, like, positives and negatives and, and being able to mentally deal with a setback and Stay that is a positive. setback loser. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's, it sounds like a cliche, doesn't it, being able to handle negatives, but I mean that's someone they'll be relying on who is now gone. And we've been in that position where someone you rely on and someone you think you need has gone. But every day there's a new obstacle in front of you and it's just how you deal with that. So, you know, whilst it's a yeah. blow to them and we've been in a similar position with losing people and staff and whatever during a race, you just gotta kind of Right back to the drawing board. That person's gone now. We crack on. You know they've got a replacement in, haven't they? Um, and they'll just crack on and deal Stephen with it. Stephen Jones, yeah. yeah. Stephen Jones, yeah. So who's your yeah, favourite? It's for the World easier Cup? said than done, obviously. But I think uh, you know when there's a group of you, it's easier. You know you can yeah. all sort of bring each other up and move on together and yeah, crack on. Who's your favourite then? But obviously just uh, head not heart. You know obviously we're going to say Wales, aren't we? But uh, Who's your your favourites? I don't know. I'll have to ask Rob Howley for the for the odds, but I'm guessing uh, (laughs) I'm guessing Kiwis and and South Africans are probably the favourites. I don't know. South Africa, New Zealand today, isn't it? So yeah, I was going to say whoever loses that game will go on to win, just to be a bit different. That's a shout. Just a bit different, isn't it? 
and then it means I don't really have to to call someone. At the I just heard a stat here, and it said no team has won the World Cup after losing a game in the group stage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they. I think that's just because two favourites haven't been obviously drawn against. Like South Africa were pretty poor when the the rankings were when they made yeah. the groups on it. So, but yeah. Um, all right, we'll wrap up to on be broken, aren't they? the World Cup final. And I'm not claiming to be, like your knowledge on rugby and you're a lot more into it than me. Here's one for you. How many World Cups has there been? Uh, I'm sure I heard this. Is it like been nine or something? No, I think it's been nine. Eight? Yes. Oh, okay. When was the first one, like 87 or something, maybe? Eight times four on it. What's that? 32. 2019 minus 32. <laughs> Quick maths. Yeah, yeah 87. Moving on. moving on from maths. Yeah, 87. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you always think like you just assume it's been on forever and a day, aren't you? But it's only been 32 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And anyway, at least uh, it's a lot more competitive now, getting more competitive all the time. Fair one. So there we well, go. Um, what about racing yeah, wise then? Obviously, that. there's been a bit of racing since uh, we last spoke. There's been Canada, so, which, well, yeah, I don't really, not got lots much to say about that, really. No. Um, but I think uh, a lot of favourites for the Worlds were there. Bling obviously won in Quebec. He looked really good that day. Greg won in Montreal. Also, Montreal's certainly the tougher of the two. Yeah. Um, but then again, the Worlds is like an extra 60k again. Completely different racing roads, but obviously Sargon was up there. Tyler um, Philippe was active. Sargon was active. Philippe, yeah. Usual suspects in it, really. You know, them so, four yeah. names. Them four names who you'd put right at the top of the list for the Worlds were, you know, at the forefront of them races, oh, which well. are, fair, you know, fairly similar. Yeah. Big one days, you know, two nice, plus Nice day. races, though. We had nice weather. And, um, you know, the, the circuits are quite nice. Um, but, yeah, it just depends what, what form you're in, how much you enjoy them, really. Yeah. Yeah, so, they are, yeah, they are good races. What else was there? We've Walter? Them a few times. Welter, yeah. Roglic and a lot of Jumbo in general. I think... Yeah, uh, Chapeau, really good. Yeah. Not only him, but the way the team handled that three weeks. You know, they, they, they never really looked under... Actually, I'm not, actually, that's not true. They never looked under massive stress because there was times where Roglic was quite isolated. Um, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of it, but there was times he was isolated. But also there was times where I turned it on and they had strength in numbers and they were ripping the shit yeah. out of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like every memory. day there was something on there. Like that stage, probably the hardest day from what people have said, was uh, that crosswind day where it was just full gas for like 200 of the odds K. Yeah. For, like well, you don't normally get that in the water, do you? No, that's that's Tor Qatar style, isn't it? Sprinting after the car from kilometre zero, but <laughs> I think that's pretty much what happened that day. Because Quintana and was, was quite, uh, up the road now. Like yeah, five quite strange. He, I mean, he was pretty much out of the context anyway by that point, and then that, that day brought him back into it. But it was quite strange in, in, in that sense, and none of the other GC guys made the front group, and they were all in the second group, so it was kind of... You know, if one of them guys had, had got in the front group, um, yeah. you know, Valverde, Lopez, these type of guys who were challenging, it would have been um, 
a different ball game. And then yeah. there was the day after that where, sorry, one, just going back to that day though, you know, Quintana was up the road. He had like three teammates or something all chopping off. What? I don't know if this is right, but when Movi started chasing behind as well with Valverde, or have I just sort of dreamt that? No, you got that a little bit wrong. Because um, this is one of the few days I actually made sure I watched because I knew there was wind and it's the best type of racing to watch. Oh, so. crosswind, man. Yeah. Best type of racing to watch, though, isn't it? <laughs> Rather than watching yeah. you skinny blokes ride up a hill at 7k an hour. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but, uh, he was in the front, he had numbers, they were riding. And then in the second group, um, Astana and, and Lotto Jumbo were riding. And then just on, they hit this climb and movie star just whacked it up the climb just to kind of shell them guys who had been riding already to, to isolate the GC guys, you know? So does that make yeah. sense? Pretty good tactic. Worked pretty well. Got rid of the guys who had been riding all day. And then there was a pretty select group. But um, yeah, so that, that it worked out. It worked out quite well for them. It put Nairo back in the game, but you know he was, yeah, never really he was out of the threat in that last week, was he? No. But then an interesting move from the Vuelta. So that was that day, and I think it was either the next day or the day after. Is the day where there was that big crash with uh, yeah. a lot of GC guys. Um, Roglic went down who was obviously in the red jersey at the time. And then shortly after, there was crosswinds. But the peloton was still, you know, hadn't come together because of the, the crash. And movie star hit it in the crosswind again there. And that was the day where um, Miguel yeah, Angel Lopez I've... kicked off as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, borderline. That was funny reading his comments. It was like fair play. Like. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he didn't hang around, did he? No, because I was in uh, Canada... And I remember somebody telling me, I don't know if we had raced or what, but so I went on to ITV4's, like, you know, uh, is it Hub, they call it? Like, their iPlayer, basically. And uh, just watched the highlights, just the, the 10 minutes where that happened. And it was crazy, really. Like, obviously, I'm not at the race, and you don't know. And But by the looks of it, it looked as if there was a crash. And then... Obviously, Roglic come down, a load of his teammates, big crash, at least 10 guys. And then Movistar just took advantage of that and attacked. And, okay, later on, they said we planned to attack there anyway. But I just can't believe that they did it. Like, the leader of the race crashes. Like, I think it was some guy in second or third wheel that crashed and took them, took them all out and I don't know. There's no way that I would want to do that. If I was no, you could only shoes. put yourself in their shoes, and for sure, if if there's a crash and it's clear as day, you know that the if you're already going and you're full gas and you're going, you've attacked as a team, you're going, and the race is splitting up, and then there's a crash. Yeah. So be it. So, so be it. You carry it. on. Yeah. But if there's a crash, clear as day. You know Roglic is down. That would have been the first thing that comes over the radio. Uh, and then, a couple then of K later, you then can then you attack. For, for me, that's that's not acceptable for me. I mean, we weren't no. there. We weren't there. Maybe, you know, it's the easy only thing, to be an armchair critic. Yeah. The only way I... 
is maybe it was super stressful and the race was kind of already kind of on. They hadn't attacked, but it was sort of racing for that moment because they knew it could split there. I don't know. Maybe that's one way that they might have given them a benefit of the doubt a bit, but I don't know. It, it did look bad. And, you know, afterwards, the blaming like DS, like that was their call and things. To be fair, if we're in the tour and Nico comes on the radio and says something and like you or me or through me thinks that's that's not right and through me says no boys we stop everyone's going to listen to through me and stop aren't they you're yeah. going to override the ds if if that's good or bad like afterwards you'll have a big discussion with the ds and it, you know you might be wrong or right whatever but i think valverde could have certainly overruled there and said no look roglic has crashed we're not we can't do this yeah um but then also Which... i think afterwards because didn't the commissaires let all the team cars through so the group behind could come back? I think that's wrong as well. Because I don't know, it's it's like that's, a, de- that's definitely wrong. Because it's okay, Movistar maybe shouldn't have done it, but they're not breaking any rules. They're not. It's not against the laws of cycling. It's just an ethical thing, I guess, isn't it? Like, so I can't see how the commissaires could justify doing that. No, I mean, to take but, advantage in a position where there's been a crash, it's just uh, an unwritten rule of, of, you know, the cycling rule book, isn't it? Which, yeah. But for then, you know, um, the UCI, the commissaires to let the, let, the, let the cars in and make it easier for the guys to, to close the gap, which ethically is, is right. And it's nice to see them guys come back into the fold because they were out of the fold through a crash. But yeah. you can't do that. I mean, it's... Then it all becomes can't very get great. involved like that. Yeah. The, the, the commissaire can't get involved in something that isn't a rule, and it's just, uh, oh, it's the right thing to do. Um, and then later on, you know, Valverde did, from what I've seen, kind of put his hand up and say, right, boys, let's knock it off. Let's let let's let this race get back together. Whether that was because the cars were in the convoy and that was going to yeah, be inevitable anyway. Did it? Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know, and um, you know, here's the world champion. You don't want to bash him, but. Yeah, I think they'll probably look back at that and think, you know what, if we had our time again, we probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Crazy, though. Crazy <laughs> talking point, yeah. that's for sure. I mean, it's great when you're not part of it and you just, uh, you know, you go on go online and see, you know, Miguel Angel Lopez kicking off. It's, yeah. you know, it's all fun when, and games, isn't it? Yeah, final thing on this as well. When I watched the highlights, Dave Miller was like saying, oh, now it's, you know, it's, um, it's racing, crack on, whatever. I think like you need to kind of remember what it's like to be a bike rider. Like if Dave was there and David crashed, there's no way he'd be thinking that. Not a, not a chance in hell. It's like, come on, son. And if Dave was um, in a team with a GC guy, he yeah. definitely wouldn't have said, right, guys, we're splitting it in the crosswind. He'd have done the right thing. So yeah. I think on, yeah. on both sides, it's easy to, you know, just say, oh, it'd be tough and yeah it's bike riding if you crash unlucky but i think yeah dave you know did uh wouldn't wouldn't have taken advantage after the crash if he was on the on the other foot either so i think uh no, no that's definitely not <laughs> that's, that's definitely not the case i think commentators mate commentators quick to forget aren't they <laughs> yeah so and, that's um, that talk about that yeah who went to our oh, van der poel 
Van der Poel. He's obviously going on. All guns. Yeah, I mean, another strong favourite for the Worlds, which um, heads up the next podcast. We've tried not to talk about the Worlds too much in this. Obviously, to talk about G and the Worlds, but not about you know the Worlds and the favourites, because the next pod um, is going to be a world-specific one. So we're just going to talk purely about the Worlds, the favourites, the hitters, who's hot, who's not. So uh, we'll zone into guys like Matthew Vanderpool uh, on the next pod. Yeah. I think I'll wrap it up for now then, won't it?